good morning again, and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here, and I want to just say a special welcome to those visiting today and also those who are watching us online. Uh, it is uh, just a pleasure to be together, and we thank you for being here. Um, before we get too far into the message, I want to give just some updates of some things happening and what's going on here, especially as we're ending uh, the end of the year. Uh, last week, I told you something that isn't true, so you're going to have to forgive me. I know, you guys, I know, I know, I know. So, uh, I got a boo. I don't know if I've been booed before. I mean, I've been heckled while doing messages, but I don't know if I've been booed. I guess that's better than having, like, fruit thrown at me or something. But uh, So, next week, I don't know if you know this, next Sunday's a special day. It's Christmas Eve, and we have a special Christmas Eve service planned for you, but... Uh, we are not going to be having a morning service next Sunday. So I want you to know, if you come in the morning, we will not be having a Sunday morning service. So what that means is that you and all of your friends need to come at 4 p.m. for our special Christmas Eve service. Okay, can we do that? Uh, no service. Hey, I got a woohoo. So that helps. Thank you. I needed that. I was feeling a little insecure after the boo. Um, but... <laughs> Those watching online are probably like, I didn't hear any boos. I got booed, just so you know. Um, it happened. So next Sunday, 4 p.m., a special Christmas Eve service. We'd love for you to get to be there, but we will not be having a Sunday morning service. Also, we are telling you to take off the 31st, all right? Sunday the 31st, be with family, be with friends, do all that. But you have to promise me something. You're going to come back on January 7th, all right? Can we all nod our heads? We will be back on January 7th. Can everybody say that? We will be back on January 7th. We have a very special series that we're going to be starting on January 7th. I'm excited uh, to introduce that. Um, but we just want you to know, this time of year can be crazy, and it can be really special, too. So we want next week to just be a special time together to celebrate. Um, and then we can take a little time to just exhaust, it, exhaust uh, exhale from the craziness of all that we just dealt with. This can be a great time of year. It can also be a really hard time of year. And so... We hopefully we can bring some, some cheer and some joy um, to our service. There is a QR code that you're going to see on the screen. And through this QR code, you can see all the things that are happening here at Press. Uh, it also helps you connect to us. So if you are new, there's a place you can say, I'm new. You can let us know you're here. We will reach out to you. Um, and it will let you know of ways that we can help connect you. Uh, if you don't do this sort of thing, if you don't like in your phone out, I will be at the Connect Desk after service. So please come say hi if you have any questions. Uh, we would love to help connect you. Uh, through this, you can also give. Uh, as you know, uh, it takes you all supporting this to make this thing happen. So we want to encourage you uh, to give uh, generously today as we get to the end of the year. Um, you can give through text. There's a text number. You can give through, again, the link, and there's also a box by the back exit that you can leave uh, cash or check or whatever your preference is with that. Uh, but we appreciate it. It's literally through your support and your guys' participation and joining us that we're able to do all that we do. And with that, we also just had a, our first, well, sort of first ever press release, but we used press in the name. Uh, so creative, I know. Uh, it's basically an email letting you know all the good things that is happening. So if you are not on our email list, this is another reason to get on our email list so that you see all the good stuff that's happening because of you all and what you guys are doing. So if you have any problems doing that, again, I'm at the Connect Desk. Come say hi. I will help get you uh, signed up for that email list. Whew. Oh, there's one more thing. 
youth, you have a special Christmas party tonight, so you better get here, bring friends. I think there's a white elephant gift that you gotta bring. There's gonna be food, there's gonna be games, there's gonna be all sorts of stuff. So youth, get here, 6 p.m., yeah, 6 to 8, I'm like looking at our youth leader, she's like, yes, that's right. Okay, <laughs> I don't even have notes in front of me, so I, I feel like I just went off cuff on this, but are we good? What time is Christmas Eve service? Hey, there we go, good job, 4 p.m., and what, what Sunday are we gonna come back? January 7th, you guys are awesome. Look at you. Well, we have a very special, uh, uh, just a, a very special person today who's going to be giving the message. So Jason, can you come on out here? Jason is going to be giving us a candle. Yeah, let's give Jason a round of applause. I don't know all the, I know generally what you're going to talk about, but I'll figure out. No, that makes one of us. I'll, <laughs> Jason's like, I've been doing this long enough. I don't need notes. Hey, uh, before you leave, yeah. did you know that? During Christmas, there's only 25 letters. Yeah, there's no L. This is what I deal with every week. <laughs> I, I, I feel like in the car video, there might be another joke, too. I don't know. So. I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> to me or to them. <clears throat> well, good morning. Uh, I am Jason. Yes, one of the pastors here. I'm so glad that I get a chance to share with you. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to talk about joy. And I, I don't know about you, but... Okay, I get a little not joyful around Christmas because I've been doing Christmas as a pastor for like 30 years, and it gets a little crazy at times, and it gets a lot of stress, and so I, I was really, I just brought some props today to uh, help me stay focused on being joyful uh, because, let's be honest, my daughter gave me this hat last year that says bah humbug uh, because she said I was just generally a Scrooge when it came to Christmas decorations and all the lights and all the fun and she was right uh, I, you know I really do get that way and and that's my fault but you know I was thinking that honestly having a tree having something having something to bring joy like that's something that we all want this time of year right I mean we, we want to have decorations to put on the tree. We, we want to be able to have some fun. We want to do parties, and we, we want to do fun stuff. But quite honestly, it's, it gets to be stressful because there's just so much going on. And we start wondering, well, is Christmas really a season of joy? Or is it a season of stress? And what is it about Christmas that really is supposed to bring us joy? Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lady who, I think she still does some kind of show where she goes around and, and she's this little Japanese lady and she's really, really nice. Marie Kondo, I think is her name, Kanda. Um, and one of the things that she would ask is, you know, if you're tidying up your house, she has this whole system, right? If you're tidying up your house, the one thing you need to do is you hold each item and you look at it and you think, does this bring me joy? And if it does, you keep it. You find it's a spot just for it. If it doesn't, you get rid of it, right? Special note, I tried that. It doesn't work with your kids. You have to hold them and keep them either way, okay? Uh, but even when they give you hats that say you're a Scrooge. Uh, but, but I was also thinking about, you know, every Christmas, what do we do? We have to get all the boxes out. 
We have to go through all this stuff to finally say, this is Christmas, and, and, and I want to look at each one of these ornaments, right? I, I want to think about, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me joy? I don't know. Could it? Might it? It does sometimes, but not always. And, and so we have to wonder, what does bring joy? Is there anything about Christmas that brings joy? So this week, as we always do, the uh, pastors got together in a car, and uh, they, I, I told them, I was like, I, I don't know about joy. Like, come on, we got to talk about this a little bit. So we took some time, and we talked about joy, and here's what happened. Why did we have you talk about joy? Because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> joyful. We had you talk about joy because I just I know that you need that extra yeah. m- motivation to cure your your <laughs> my what my cynicism my reality checks with you you're, my, no you my groundedness <laughs> your love of the season of Christmas <laughs> you know. Yeah, you have a strange, uh, just call it a lack of love for uh, the Christmas season. That's just 30 years of Christmases in ministry. (laughs) The truth. The truth of ministry. I mean, usually I'm looked at as the cynical one, the one who's going to give you the darker perspective. But uh, when it comes to Christmas... You're actually, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, Jason's... (laughs) Jason's, uh, there's a dark cloud. <laughs> well, why is that, Jason? Let's, ha- let's have a session. Yeah, let's, let's have a session. Let's analyze this a little. <laughs> yeah. We're going to psychoanalyze Jason. I, I have not worked through this one with my therapist, so I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I do think it's just, I, you know what I don't like? It's the stress of the expectations. Mm. I'll, I just like, you know what? Screw you. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not, I'm not your, caving to I'm your expectations. Your <laughs> That's right. I'm not playing your silly games. I'm an adult. That's right. I'm going to do what I want. But you know what? Having two little grandbabies kind of changes that a little bit, uh, too. Because I, I just, I mean, I even have a little tiny tree in my office. With I was amazed. I walk into Jason's office the other day, and he's hung some, some garland. garland, and he had, yeah, a little. I mean, I try. I'm trying. I was impressed. I'm trying to fill my life with joy, mainly because I knew I had to preach on it, so I better. (laughs) Is that that joy, though? I mean, I I think you actually do have a point in the sense of, like, the whole Christmas holiday thing presents this concept of joy, which Mm -hmm. really isn't joy. Uh, No. And, and, And... in our culture, we conflate joy and happiness because oh, mm-hmm. they're not the yes. same thing. Yeah. No. And maybe people are like, what? What do you mean <laughs> joy and happiness isn't the same thing? We can unpack that. Do we want to go there? I don't know. <laughs> but, I, don't, I mean, I feel like we have before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, most everybody realizes. If you're new oppressed, sorry, you just don't get to hear yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, happiness is a reaction to circumstances, mm-hmm. and joy is much deeper because mm-hmm. I can be joyful in the midst of terrible things. Right. Yep. Even when I'm not happy. Well, and that's right. a theme that we've seen for the first few weeks of the series now is hope, not determined on circumstance. Yeah. Peace, not determined on circumstance. Yeah. Joy. Joy, not determined. <laughs> right. There's there's this theme there of, you know, we have worked so hard to get these things for ourselves. I want. I need to be joyful. I want to be joyful. Yeah. And we're we're trying to manufacture. So 
That's true, but what, what, what do we do in the middle of this season, right? There, there are all these expectations, and mm-hmm. there are, you know, people need to hear something good, mm-hmm. right? They need good news. That's what mm-hmm. we talk right. about all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think the problem is, is we wrap it up in this baby Jesus package, right? <laughs> Which, uh, yes, there is great joy and hope and reason to be, to celebrate because God yeah. became one of us. Yeah. And that is, that's what the baby Jesus thing represents. Yeah. But we, we take the snapshot and we make it all about kind of worshiping the baby Jesus <laughs> as a, a plastic entity, mm, not yeah. the reality of mm. an almighty sovereign God who <laughs> is yeah. sending a message of love to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. CR's preaching. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't maybe know. Maybe CR should do this. Uh, maybe he should. Maybe the video will come out. It'll come out of the video and you'll see CR on stage. Yeah. <laughs> that's the last thing. <laughs> no. The, the idea, though, of you know what brings me joy. Yeah. Like that, that's really a, a key question I think we need to ask ourselves. And if we don't know what joy is, then how do we know yeah. what brings us joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then, hey, what brings me joy? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad? Like, how do I get joy? That's a good question, Jason. Maybe I should try to answer that. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? How do we do it? Yeah, I think that's a, the question you're supposed to ask oh, this, okay. this week, actually. Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so the last uh, few weeks, right, uh, we're, we're celebrating what in, you know, church world and churchy language, right, we talk about Advent, uh, and, and it's part of the church calendar, right? It, it begins uh, weeks leading up to Christmas, and, and the idea is Advent is the anticipating or the waiting for, the getting excited about something that's about to happen. And, and we talked about, you know, hope. That was the first Sunday. Each Sunday kind of has a theme that you're supposed to meditate on and think about. Uh, we talked about hope, and, and the fact that hope is really, it's not something in ourself, it's, it's in someone, other than ourself, right? Uh, we talked about we talked about peace, and that we can't find it in ourselves. Instead, we have to look beyond ourselves to someone who is above and beyond us and can bring actual, real, lasting peace into our life. And, and now this week, we're we're supposed to meditate on, supposed to take some time and think about joy. Joy in this season of busy craziness, but also in this season of seeing family, spending time together right? Uh, remembering what is most important, thinking about other people, giving gifts to remind ourselves of who we are and that we have received gifts. All, all through scripture, th- there are so many places where it is uh, prophesied, where it is foretold that, that God would come and God would do something special. And all of those lead and they climax at Christmas and then in the empty tomb. Uh, this week, the, the passage that, that is often read in the Old Testament is from Zephaniah. And, and for those of you that, uh, you know, I'm sure we're reading Zephaniah this morning because it's one of those books that, you know, it's a minor prophet, and it's like right in the middle. It's only three chapters long, and it's one of those that you almost need to use the index at the front of the Bible to find where it is because it's, it's hard to find. But in Zephaniah chapter 3, The passage starts, uh, starting verse 14. It it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. 
For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, cheer up Zion, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is, my, he is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful song. Now, context of where, where Zephaniah is speaking there, he's talking in the midst of exile and in the midst of all these judgment-type things happening in the, in the life of Israel. You see, in about 586 B.C., uh, Israel, Jerusalem specifically, was taken captive. And, and the, the temple was destroyed, which in the mind of a, of a good Israelite meant God was no longer present with them. And it wasn't until about 538 B.C. is when they started to come, come back from exile. They were taken off into Babylon. And, and it, was, it, was, it was like 70 years before things finally got back to some semblance of, of normal. And in the midst of that, they had rebuilt their homes, and they were even rebuilding the temple. And here's the thing. Once they rebuilt the temple, the idea was God would return, right? Because they created space for him to be there. And and, and Zephaniah is writing to them saying, listen, I, I know you want this, but I also know that you built the temple. I know that everything was just the way it was supposed to be, and yet God wasn't there yet. The temple was still empty. They remembered back the stories of the tabernacle in the wilderness, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago, the the idea that there was this pillar of fire and of smoke that would be right in the midst of the tabernacle over it, and it led them, and it was the very presence of God. And and then when they went and they conquered the land, and, and then Saul became king, and then David took over from him, and David's son Solomon came in, and he built the temple. And in the midst of dedicating the temple, he prayed this prayer, and the glory of God filled the Holy of Holies. And it was visible. They could see it. Everybody rejoiced because God was with them. And if God was with them, everything was going to be okay. There could be joy because the source of joy was with them. But then all this stuff happened where God said, no, I'm not going to be with you because you are so full of sin and you are not doing the things that I've asked you to do. So we would throw, and they are taken into exile. And now that they're back, they are anticipating God's return. And they're saying, God, you're, you're going to come back and, and you're going to be with us. And Zephaniah has made it clear, yes, he will return and he will bring joy when he does. You will be rejoicing. God will be rejoicing over you. It will be lots and lots of joy. And yet it kept going and going and going for another 500 years. They waited. And then in Luke chapter 2, we read, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today 
in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. God had returned. But he didn't come back the way they expected. He didn't come to Jerusalem. He didn't come full of glory and splendor and power. Instead, he came as a baby, helpless, in a manger, a feeding trough. And yet the angel said, this is good news. And it's good news that's going to bring great joy. But I think that really begs the question, what about the angel's news would bring great joy? All right, so a baby was born to an unwed mother in an inn, which really they're not even in the inn, they're in the stable because they're too poor to have a place. This is good. This is supposed to bring joy. It doesn't really add up, I mean, if you're, if you're really thinking about it. And, and yet, the shepherds went, and it says that they saw what the angels had said would be, and they came back rejoicing, and they were full of joy and excitement. And so you got to ask yourself, why is this good news? What about this is actually good news? Because Luke is saying, listen, what Zephaniah predicted, that God would come back, and he would bring joy, he would be joyful, he would give us joy, that that was happening. We need to celebrate that. We need to understand that and you just need to understand it wasn't the way you expected. And that's okay. So why is this good news? Why does this news bring joy? And, and I just want to hit three things real quick that I, I think hopefully this Christmas season uh, you can pause long enough to really think through why is this, why should there be joy in all of this? And, and I think the first reason is very simple. Uh, it, it's good news because it means that God is now with us. Remember what all of Israel was waiting for. They were waiting for God to come back, to be with them, to, to fill them with, with his presence. And, and the only way they really understood that was the glory that would come in the temple, and that just wasn't there. And so they were confused. They didn't know what to expect. And they said, so God, are you coming back or not? And when he did, he came back in such a way that says, you're going to have to trust me. This is going to be better in the long run. You may not get it now. You may not understand everything, you may get confused, but you need to understand that moving forward, this, this is going to bring joy much deeper than if it was only in one geographical location that everyone had to come to find. Because see, in the mind of an Israelite, when God was there, when God was present, that meant that the wrongs would be righted, that justice would be served that the oppressed would be freed, that the poor would find hope, that the broken would be made whole. See, when God is with them, they saw that all things would be put to right. And so they were wondering, just like we still wonder today, how is this baby going to do something that's going to restore and redeem the world? Can it really happen? Because if, if I'm going to get excited, okay, if I'm going to be filled with joy about something, it better be useful, right? I mean, if God's telling me, here's some good news, something might happen and it could happen, and then again, maybe it won't, I don't know, we'll see if this works. I'm not going to get all excited about that. 
I worship a God who says, listen, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to return. I'm going to come. I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind because I'm going to conquer something that you can't conquer by yourself. And it's going to happen. And out of that, I want you to know that your joy is now based on something I've done, not on something you have to do. Okay, I can get joy out of that. That, That's something that that is not just about my circumstances. That's something that's way deeper than that. And Jesus took this even further, right? So Luke 2, he's born, and I know we skipped like 30 years, okay? Uh, There's one little window in there where he gets lost, and Mary and Joseph lose him in the temple, which, come on. Can you imagine being a parent and losing one of your children and then realizing, oh, wait, we just lost the Son of God? I mean, come on. That's a little crazy. But So by Luke 4, he's... He's in the temple, or he's in a synagogue, and he's reading, and the way that he chooses to kind of reveal himself to the people around him, to say, okay, I want you to see, I'm not just some backwater guy who, who kind of did some carpentry stuff, and now all of a sudden, I'm, let me tell you who I really am. And he reads from Luke chapter 4. And, and he, and he tell, or I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 4, he reads from Isaiah. And, and he says, basically, I want you to hear this. Isaiah says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He sits down and says, that scripture happens now. I'm that person. Now, let's be honest. He's either delusional or he's right. I mean, anybody that has the gumption to say that is either completely off their rocker or they're actually the son of God. And, and obviously, we, we don't think he was crazy. <laughs> he really meant it. God had returned. God was present with them. And when God is with us, that means he is in the process of putting the world back to the way it was supposed to be. He's in the midst of making all things new, putting things to right. God is moving. God is doing something. And every Christmas, we celebrate the fact that he started that process with a baby in a manger. He started that process by humbling himself, by emptying himself to become one of us. He's with us in john chapter one uh, john makes it very clear he says in verse 14 in the beginning was the word the word is with god then he says and the word dwelt among us the word there is he tabernacled among us i mean think about that for just a second what they experienced in the wilderness when god came down now god had come in a new way he had tabernacled with us but not in one single place instead he came so that we could all have Christ in us. We can all say that God is with me. Not just God is here, God is with me. And when I know that God is with me, I can find joy in any situation. It doesn't matter what's going on because my joy is not found in my circumstances. My joy is found in the God who is with me. I can choose joy 
in, in there, there's an NPR study, my, my wife showed this to me, uh, it, it's a study on joy and, and psychology and all this stuff, and, and it basically said there, there's these things called micro acts of joy, where each day you can choose in small little things, you can choose to look for joy, and it will actually improve your well-being. So for all you people who are grumpy all the time and you enjoy being grumpy, I want you to know if you are willing to choose to say, you know what, God is with me and so I can now choose to see him working around me and in me and through me and I can choose joy even if it's in the smallest little thing. It actually changes the way you live your life. The impact that your life has on the people around you because God is with us and that's good news but beyond that it's good news because it meant that god delights in us right it's not just that he loves us we know theologically god loves us like i read in scripture god is love okay fine but does he like me right because i mean there are times that i'm like god i know you love me but you know what i could really do you actually are you proud of me do you like me do, do you, are you happy that i'm around or do you love me because you have to Right? We all, if you've got more than one kid, you've got one kid you really love. No, I'm just kidding. It's not like that at all. But, you know, th there are those people around you, right, that, that you're like, oh, I have to love them because uh, God said to love people, but honestly, I don't like them that much. And there are days, I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm that person that God's like, well, I have to love him, but I don't have to like him. No, Scripture makes it very clear. God delights in us. He rejoices over us with joyful songs. I mean, think about it. God sings with excitement to be with you. God does. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he delights in you. And if that doesn't bring you any sense of joy, then I don't know what will. Because the very source of joy, of life itself, loves you and delights in you. Even when you're not in a good mood. Even when it's really busy and you're stressed out, even when the kids are crazy, even when the house is a mess, even when your car isn't running right, God delights in you. That's why it's good news. And, and I think it's amazing because that means God has created you to be something. Right? He has wired you in a very specific way. One reason I, I, I love that we do the, the car talk videos is because, let's be honest, uh, Sean, CR, and I, uh, we, we're kind of different. I mean, we're not all the same. Uh, we, we approach things very differently. But here's the thing that's so amazing. God has designed each of us in, his, in our own unique way. And he says, I want you to use the way I've wired you, the way I've shaped you, the passions that I've given you, the gifts that I've given you, the position in life that I've given you, the, the people that are around you. I want you to take that, and I want you to use it for my glory. And, and I don't have one thing you have to do. I, instead, I want you to be open to where I am leading. And I just want you to use your gifts and your passions, and I want you to enjoy doing what I've called you to do. I want you to step into what it is to obey my command to, to care for this world. I want you to use your wiring to, to do what I've asked you to do and share this message of hope with everyone around you. For some of you, that might mean standing up in front of large crowds and presenting the message of Jesus. For others of you, it might mean being a very good friend to someone who's really struggling and simply saying, I just want you to know that there is someone other than me that truly loves you as well. I don't know what your specific gifts and talents and wiring is, but 
I want you to know God made you that way because he loves you. And he wants, he enjoys seeing you use that to do what he's called you to do. He delights in us. Third thing is that um, this good news meant that God saves us. Now, I grew up hearing some of the ways churches would present getting saved, right? Uh, You know, I I got saved when I was seven years old, or I got saved, or I went down front and got saved. That's a weird phrase if you're not in church, right? You you know, if if you're a person who's never been to church and you hear someone saying, well, I got saved. Oh, were you in danger? Like, were you about to fall off a cliff? What, you know, it's a weird phrase, But the bottom line is, God says, listen, I'm going to do something that is going to rescue you from yourself and from the consequences of really the power of sin and death. I'm going to do something that is going to keep you from having to deal with that. I'm going to take that away so that you can live with this confidence of knowing that I am with you, I delight in you, and I am directing you because I am calling you to something more, something better, something greater, something that I've made for you, to a renewed creation, a renewed way of doing life. And and, and it gets confusing because let's be honest, there's always, oh, but what about heaven? Okay, fine. That's great, but that's not great news that brings me great joy because I don't know anything about it. It's a long ways away. I hope it's a long ways away, right? I, I, I don't, it's, it's, it's kind of way out there. What about right now? Does God coming, does, does Jesus in a manger, does, does God saving us and delighting in us and God, all, does that even matter right now or is that only for later? I think scripture makes it very clear that no, no, it's for right now. Because God rescues us from one way of life and says, I want to open up an opportunity for you to live this way, it's a new way of living. It's a way that says, I'm going to embrace the call that God has placed on my life. The call, basically it's the same call that he gave Adam and Eve, right? To care for this world, to love this world. And and that's more than recycling and using paper straws, okay? That's called, I, I, I want to love the people around me. I want to embrace them because I want to be a light that shows what God's love looks like in real ways. I, I was talking to someone this morning. I won't use their name because uh, it would embarrass them, but they were, they were saying they have a press sticker on their, on their car and they were driving on a 270 and uh, someone cut them off and they got really angry and zipped around them and, and were really upset and they realized, oh, no, I have a press church sticker on my car. <laughs> what kind of testimony am I being, right? And they said, so I promptly took the sticker off so I didn't have to change my driving. <laughs> um, we're at a point, right? Because God has saved us, he's called us into something new. We get to be that, that testimony, that light, that story that says, listen, there is so much more to this than just walking around, than just being, you know, sorry for all that. No, 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 there is joy now that we get because God is moving right now in you, through you, with you. Because it's good news of great joy. Not about a long time from now, right now. That's why in Romans chapter 8, uh, Paul puts it this way. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. 
You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you, which is the promise that he made, right? I've come to give you life. And and, and Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send my Spirit to live in you, to guide you, to direct you, to show you how to live, to redeem you and restore you. He says, but, you know, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. See, cultivating joy is not about the things in your life, the circumstances around you. Joy is found just like hope and just like peace in someone beyond you. It's not something we attain or we achieve. It's, it's the fruit, the outgrowth of placing my life in the hands of God. Saying, God, I'm, I'm welcoming you into my life. And I'm going to follow you because you are the source of joy. You're the bringer of joy, the giver of joy, the one who shows me what joy looks like. This is why in Psalm 80, verse 5, it says, listen, joy comes for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, right, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because God is with you. To me, joy is a, a signpost, right? The fact that I want joy shows me that there is something more than just right here and right now. It shows me that there is something more meaningful than simply putting up a tree, hanging some decorations. It's more than just that. There's there's things that it's pointing to that are so much bigger than any of that. It's pointing to a God who is with us, who delights in us, who saves us. The question is, Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to say, God, I want that. And for me to get that, I know I I just need to give my life to you. I need to put my faith in this baby born in a manger. Because in the midst of all that, we know that unto us is born a Savior. One who makes us right with God. Our Creator who then doesn't say, oh, finally, I got you. He says, no, no, I'm so excited because I get to rejoice with you. And now I want you to take that joy and share it with the people around you. I want you to point people to the source of joy. I want you to be a light that shines in the darkness, a joy that people can look to and see. I want you to be a light. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, share that joy because there's a lot of people out there that need it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, um, we do love you. And we thank you for the manger. Uh, We thank you that in the midst of the craziness of life, of the world, of existence, you emptied yourself and became one of us.
And, and because you did that, we know, uh, as we've been looking at for the last few weeks, we now have hope, we now have peace, and we can have joy. Even if we're a Scrooge, even if we say bah humbug way too often, and Lord, every day when, when we look at the decorations around us, when we hold the decorations in our hand, when we, we hold every light, every garland, every stocking, and hear every Christmas carol, and ask, does this bring us joy? God, I thank you that ultimately it points me to joy, to you. May we all now point others to that same joy. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us?